welcome to Tales, Tunes, and Tom Fullery, starring Jerry Springer, along with Gene Galvin and me. I'm Megan Hills. We're recorded live in front of a brilliant studio audience at the Folk School Coffee Parlor in Ludlow, Kentucky. My daddy came and here he is, ladies and gentlemen, Mr. Jerry Springer. Oh, thank you. Yeah. Thank you. Thank you. Don't get up. Thank you. Um, no one got up. Okay, then I'm leaving. What's going on? I, hey. you know, I never know how to start this. Gene, bail me out. You're just sitting there laughing. I, I have it's a question, podcast, Jerry. You know? I mean, yeah. you've been in. Got your name in, on it. Yep. You've been in the media, or you've been in the entertainment industry for forty plus, fifty plus years, and you can't start your own podcast. No, I've, I've always been a slow starter. <laughs> well, by the end, I We're am working pouring on it on. Pouring well, on. we we can always get started by uh, by introducing who will let in the final third of the podcast be with us, and that's tonight, Luke Trimble. And Luke Trimble hey, Luke. is a singer songwriter. Hey, how's it going, hey, Luke? From Paintsville, hey, Kentucky, <clears throat> and we look forward to uh, hearing from him. So, y'all stick around for that. Uh, country singers had to get some folk American influences in his stuff, and uh, he's excellent. So, um, and, and Jerry, I wanted to mention something. This sort of uh, is, I don't know, maybe we're patting ourselves on the back. Occasionally, our podcast tries to do some do gooder work outside of our Tuesday night, uh, usual Tuesday night gatherings, and then we release our podcast on you know, Wednesday or Thursday of each week. But um, there are two guys that are uh, now this is awkward to describe this, but I'm going to just take a whack at here's what's awkward about it. I think these guys are real solid dudes. They're impressive guys. And, and we have David Proust, who's part of this do good or work, who is our technical producer, and he's got himself muted. Uh, in fact, I'll just do this real fast, but. Uh, we applaud David Proust because in the he lives in Cincinnati. I'm in Ludlow, Kentucky. Uh, Megan is somewhere else. Jerry's somewhere else. Jerry's I don't know where Jerry is. He's got houses all over the world. But in his compounds in his comp his comp <laughs> multiple compounds. Anyway, there, there's something going on in David's neighborhood, and all the power's out. Now, all the power was out at a huge chunk of the area yesterday because of massive storms yeah. that came through greater Cincinnati. And then and now it's almost like 100 degrees here. So who the hell knows what it is? Is it the heat? Is it the rain? I don't know. So David had to move everything over to another place in the last 10 minutes to yeah. get all this set up. And he's rescued this recording session. But David's muted because there's some audio issues. But I would say to David, because he's in on this with me, these two men that I'm leading up to talking about are impressive guys. But here's the problem. One's a rapist and the other's a murderer. And they have served many years in prison. In fact, I'll give you the numbers. One guy, 30 years. The other guy, 22 years. They spent a huge chunk of their lives in jail for the crimes that they did. To their credit, they, I don't know, do you give people, do you compliment people who finally restored their lives? I don't know. That's why I say for me, it's kind of awkward to talk about this because I know these guys and, and I, I 
love these guys. I'd hang out with them, have dinner with them, have them in my house, blah, blah, blah. So these two guys, one guy happens to be Caucasian. The other, he's in uh, Louisville, Kentucky. The other guy happens to be African-American. He's in uh, Lansing, Michigan. He happens to be University of Kentucky's first African-American basketball recruit, Adolph Rupp. Anybody who knows basketball might know all these stories and assumptions Mm -hmm. about Adolph Rupp and accusations about him being racially prejudiced. The man that I'm referring to would say he didn't see it that way, the African-American man who was his first recruit. Nonetheless, they did their dirty deeds, their horrible deeds, and they were, frankly, properly punished, if you ask my opinion. And now they are trying to do something with their lives to stop other people from doing what they did and other similar crimes and to help inmates use their time while incarcerated, even if it's decades, like it was for these two guys, to be able to earn your their your release. Uh, and as I say, earn your release. Nobody gets out early anywhere that I know of, unless you're a friend of Donald Trump's. But to get out, And then the question mark is, then what do you do with your lives? Now, one of these guys is like 70 years old. So he's an an old guy. The other guy, I'm guessing, never asked him his age. Uh, Daryl Davis is his name. Tommy Payne is the other man's name. And Daryl looks to be, uh, who knows, he actually kind of looks kind of young. He might be 50, might be older. I don't know. But now what they're doing, Daryl Davis runs a thing called, um, oh, it's a, I'm blocking the name of the program, but it's a prison ministry program. And uh, Tommy Payne operates two programs, one for at-risk youth, and the other is for uh, released inmates trying, trying to get their lives back together. So where we came into it was they asked me, and I know these guys through my volunteer work at a Kentucky prison, and they asked if I, and then I pulled in David Proust because he knows how to do all the tech stuff, would Gina, produce quick, quick, with real them. Real quick question. Yeah. You, did you start working with these guys because of the podcast or was that something that you were already doing? Because Well, I that's interesting to- because I was asked to go down there and speak uh, yeah. several years ago. And that was, I think, because of the podcast. I think that's that, what I, I kind of remembered that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Okay, just sorry. I, I think that's how it all got started. And I went down yeah. and talked about changing media because he's it's a men's prison where I was. There are, you know, there are also women's prisons that has the same have the same drills. And uh, so I these guys don't have any media. They get they have a library and they get they have TV. They do have that. But uh-huh. it's it's basically uh, over the air channels. And uh, they uh, asked if I would help them produce a program that we would put on a DVD or an MP3. So it could be emailed. And then and my proposal was, well, let's pilot this at one prison it happens to be the one where I volunteered or frankly, both of them serve time. So there's a thread connected to all three of us through this prison. And the content of the program, about 45 minutes in length, 
is for them to tell inmates, the audience are inmates, men prisoners and women prisoners, because it can be we're piling it at, at this one prison, but then it can be sent through Tommy's contacts in Michigan and Daryl's contacts all through Kentucky. And I know somebody who's doing work, uh, not unlike mine out at San Quentin in California. Uh, we know people it, yeah. in Ohio, I do, who might get it into the Ohio prison system. And then if this one lands and gets good reception and is found to be useful in prisons, <clears throat> then we would do more. Mm-hmm. So there could be ultimately a series of these. <clears throat> Excuse me, it has a potential for that. So um, we did a dry run the other day. And it's funny, Jerry and Megan, because <clears throat> I always say to us, joking before the show starts, I'll stop talking about that. Keep it fresh so that we're in the moment. Sometimes yep. in the moment, we'll have a conversation that then it's hard to replicate. Yeah. Because you then have to right. try to figure out, you know, well, that was a good line you said before, say that again. Well, it was spontaneous before. So it's possible we got, and we're looking at the technical side of it, there were a few technical glitches. That, uh, but anyway, it. what I'd like to do, and this is, I'll end on this, is sort of a setup to say in the future, and I think we ought to get let David and I and these guys get this done and maybe get it into a prison. And if it looks like, you know, it's useful, I believe it will be. <clears throat> then maybe we have a podcast where we have these guys on <clears throat> the purpose of which is to have a conversation about if left to me, this one point, this is uh, I end on this point. This is my heartfelt belief. Society must not forget any human beings, including men and women who have done horrible stuff and ended up serving many years in prison. It is not in our interest to forget about those people because all that does is lead to recidivism where they end up back in prison. And secondly, and Jerry, I think this resonates with you as a Jew, me as a Catholic, Megan, you know, I, I don't want to speak for anybody else, but I know you were raised Catholic as, as right. I was, is uh, morally, you shouldn't just forget about people, right? Yep. yep. You can't just write people off. And yep. and I'm telling you, and that's why I started where I started when I said these guys are, um, if you spend some time with them, they're very articulate and and, and, and there's no bullshit to them. Oh, you get that right away. There's just no bullshit. Yeah. It's straight up stuff. And they're they they have true contrition and 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 you know the measure of that. I always say, you know, we all say this. It's not your words. I want to see what you do. <clears throat> well, what they're doing is trying to trying to stop other people from going down roads they went down. And that's the whole message of this 45-minute deal we did. Yeah. It's that's very really interesting. Cool. Well, it's it's so, worth anyway. pursuing. Absolutely. So mm-hmm. we, we very well may do that. Um, now, on a happier note, before we bring, because we've done a few podcasts. Gene, I tell you. you into the musical like... guest, and it's like <laughs> nuclear war. You know, we're talking uh-huh. about the Hiroshima bombing or something. And, oh, well, now we got, you know. Let's listen to a nice little paper <clears throat> tune from. Yeah, we got Buzz Thomas on and tell us about his music. So we're not going to do that to Luke. Um, so let's 
and on this, this is happy. Jerry, COVID is, uh, I don't know wh- how you're feeling I, about COVID these days, but have you come out of hiding? And wh- what are your summer plans? What do you do? Are you going well, out I'm, on the yacht daily? With I was going to do a commentary first. Yes, you're going to do a commentary first. <laughs> Holy crap, I went <laughs> off on this. Well, we now are reordering the podcast. So we're just yeah. going to see that's that uh, <laughs> power out. Do you have going. anything to say tonight, Jerry? What are you, no, what are you gonna, thinking about? Reorder- <laughs> you all come back now, you hear? <laughs> if you, I apologize. If no. you guys will allow for this, um, we're just going to, we're flipping it around, obviously. So, uh, but before you do your, the commentary and, uh, <laughs> are, what are you think? What are you doing this summer? And and uh, mostly, uh, well, you know, family reunion and also following Richard around in all his travel baseball. And tell oh. tell us a little bit about that because that's got to be a blast as a grandfather. It it absolutely is. I mean, he has. We were joking today. He has a full schedule. I yep. mean, there's baseball literally every single day. There are about three games a week. There are tournaments uh, over the weekends where there's a um, doubleheader on the f- first day of the tournament and then sees if you go on to the next two days. Um, and uh, and the days they don't have uh, actual games, there's practice. And uh, these guys are, are, are really good. It's a travel team, so they it's a, like a select team that gets picked and you know, I've been talking about him all the time, but it's, I mean, he's really getting good. That's and, awesome. Uh, you know, and but, is all that. But he's happening? at an age now where he wants to be with his friends. Yeah. Imagine that. It just, it just all of a sudden. Oh, hi, Opa. Yeah, I can't tonight. Peace. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, whoa, whoa. What? Where did that suddenly go? Now I'm just an addendum to his schedule. It'll fit me in. Well, that's good of him. That's good of him. I'll tell you what, he better be rich. (laughs) He's become accustomed to a certain type of lifestyle. I can't believe I've invested all this and I could get nothing back. Oh, for Pete's sake. Here, yeah. Gene, what are you doing? What are you doing this summer? Well, one of the things, Jerry, is is that because I got no life. I do nothing. I just stare, look out the window. Wait for someone to email you. (laughs) Yeah. Uh, Is all of that happening out of uh, the Illinois area or is he in this summer? The travel is all out of the Illinois. He'll be coming down here to go to IMG uh, later on in the summer, the baseball camp. So um, he's seriously into it. You know, in the beginning, it's an activity. And like any parent or grandparent, you want your kids in some activity because that keeps them on the straight and narrow more likely than if they're just hanging around doing nothing. So, uh, but then all of a sudden it became a passion for him and uh, he's working at it all the time. You know, really it's cool. hard to have a conversation with him when he's not there swinging a bat, just working on his, you know, his form and all that. So uh, it's kind of fun to watch because, you know, like many grandparents, we wind up living through our grandkids, you know, sure. We want them to be everything we weren't. Now, I know you look at me and you figure there is one great athlete. I was going to say, <laughs> but, uh, there's, what but, else is there left yeah, to do? <laughs> but, uh, yeah, I, you know, and I, I got to be honest, uh, I wasn't the greatest. 
You played baseball. You were on baseball. Well, I retrieved the ball a lot. I won the ball. I'm like a a pet animal. But um, hey, one other question on him: Does he? And I have a 13. He just turned 13 yesterday. uh, Grandson. Basketball. And and he's (laughs) loves sports as well. And does a traveling team stuff and it's so i i can easily relate it's very much fun for us and for my son well my son's his basketball coach so i get double whammy i'm on the sidelines why air at a basketball court i was in a gym sunday night for three straight basketball games a tournament and uh my son's the coach and my grandson is the point guard oh that's really fun oh man Yeah. yeah But let me ask you this. Does Richard say now that he wants to, does he aspire to be a, a, a baseball player, basketball player, both? Yeah. What I mean, does he th- talk he, about? Does he think he's 13 he's, and, you know, the full yeah. perspective of life hasn't hit him yet. Yes, right. So, yeah, if you ask him what he wants to be, he wants to be a baseball player. He has every intention of playing high school ball okay. and then possibly, uh, you know, playing college ball and maybe a scholarship. Not, yeah. You know, doesn't financially need it, but in terms of being recruited. Uh, so uh, um, playing college ball and then see where it goes. And I did have one conversation with him. Well, you know, everyone in sports is just one twisted ankle or or bent knee away from, you know, from the career ending. The end of the career. Yeah. Yeah. So, you know, there's got to be a plan B that in 99% of the cases becomes plan A. Sure. And, uh, you know, he, he already was saying, you know, there are all kinds of careers in, um, uh, in sports management, yeah, mm-hmm. uh, you know, my sister-in-law was a swimmer for the Olympics. She was an open water swimmer yeah. and you can only do that for so long. So sure. she, while she was swimming for the U S team, she was getting her scholar or she was going to school and she's a school or a, a sports psychologist now loves it. She's yeah. actually over with the, um, Paralympic team right now, helping train and helping with sports psychology and all that. So yeah. there's a ton, a ton of stuff that you So can the do. kids today are so much more aware. Oh, they're so much more all, savvy. Yeah, they just go on their phones and they look at all these possible careers and, you know, uh, he could be an agent. You know, I may hire him as an agent. <laughs> He's still looking for work. <laughs> you know, could you just find me something where you just... I'm sure yeah. Starbucks is hiring, Jer. I'm sure yeah, you could well, find out. That's my one activity every day. But I'll tell you now, I walk from the car to into the Starbucks. You know, I I, I don't have the people bring it out to me. So, well, <laughs> so I'm, you know, there's some activity going on here. I had what uh, 112 steps yesterday. Yes, <laughs> your iPhone has. Are you dead? Are yeah. you sure you aren't dead? <laughs> you no, should get so. one of those watches, you know, either an Apple watch. Oh, it does it on your phone, too. <clears throat> oh, okay. Phone you in your pocket. It measures the steps. Oh, there yeah. you go. There you it's go. kind of embarrassing, so I don't show people what exactly. <laughs> well, it is really fun, and I know it's because you and I talk about this. I know it's a blast to watch the progress and to go to those games, and we both know it. Man, you go to those games, you're all in, you know. It's great. 13-year-old kids playing a sport, and it's we think it's like, you know, the 
Warriors and the Celtics, it becomes very serious. Yeah. So, um, yeah, okay, cool. I wanted to get uh, good. That, that's a great way to spend the summer. And by the way, again, uh, I apologize. We we have done this podcast in a different order in the previous years, and so sometimes my brain just goes dead, and I reverse the order. So that's what <laughs> I did. I apologize for that. Gee, and it, uh, no so here's apology. the question, Jerry. Yes. And and we because we had a little uh, trouble with you know weather conditions or whatever caused the power to go out at our technical producer's home. <clears throat> but I often will say to Jerry you know, what's the topic going to be that you're going to do a commentary on? And so tonight we've had no conversation about it. So I'm just going to take a guess and God, if I'm wrong, I'm wrong. I already effed up this podcast anyway. (laughs) Does it have anything to do with a January 6th hearing? Oh my gosh. How did you, holy cow. Ding, 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 ding. Well, for those yeah, for those of us old enough to remember, the ironic coincidence is clear. On this, the 50th anniversary of the Watergate break-in, when back then our entire nation was transfixed to television sets, watching the Watergate hearings with its dramatic revelation of the Nixon tapes, tapes that proved to be the smoking gun that ultimately toppled him, the up till then most corrupt president we ever had, that is until Trump, We now once again have nationally televised hearings revealing the crimes of another disgraced president, this time concerning his attempted overthrow of our government. But as mesmerizing as these hearings are, they're unlikely to have the same impact as the Watergate extravaganza, because first, Trump is already gone, sufficiently diminished and drowning in his own unending legal problems. And secondly, except for those who've been drinking the Kool-Aid, everyone already knows of Trump's involvement. After all, we watched most of it happening in real time, along with the subsequent parade of indictments, prosecutions, and guilty pleas of those around him. Indeed, there are unlikely to be any surprises in these hearings. Just a clarity of what Trump and his people were doing and not doing, leading up to and executing the insurrection of January the 6th. I know many think this is all just a useless exercise, a simple rehashing of the past, a political stunt orchestrated by Democrats, unlikely to accomplish anything but the further cementing of our political divide. But that argument loses its punch when in watching at least the first night of the hearings, it suddenly became clear that virtually the entire case against Trump was built upon the testimony and evidence submitted primarily by Republicans and members of his own administration. The Attorney General, William Barr, Chairman of the Joint Chiefs, General Mark Marley, statements, emails, and phone calls of the people around him. Republican Congressman Kevin McCarthy, Chief of Staff Mark Meadows, his daughter Ivanka and son-in-law Jared Kushner. Indeed, the entire case, its most compelling narrative presented in what turned out to be perhaps the finest example of what a courageous, patriotic, elected public servant should be, Republican Congresswoman Liz Cheney. This wasn't a Democratic ambush at all. We simply witnessed under the glare of bright lights and cameras and the weight of having to testify under oath, the mountain of Trumpian lies begin to crumble.
For those who watched, the truth was obvious. But will it matter? Did enough people watch to make a difference? Will prior unbelievers be convinced or willing to at least open their minds? We'll see. But this I do know. From all these hearings will come at least an increased public awareness of how close we came to losing our democracy. In addition, they're bound to come more indictments. So those responsible will have to pay a price, at least political, if not legal. But most significantly, and I would argue, what will be the greatest benefit of these hearings is that the highlights, the videos, as well as the testimony, will now appear on television and social media literally thousands of times between now and 2024, making it highly unlikely that this effort to overthrow our democracy by sabotaging the will of the voters will ever be tried again, at least not successfully. This time, whistles will be blown on anyone trying. Journalism and politics changed after Watergate. It's foolish to think it won't change again, even in ways we can't predict. The one observation does seem clear. These televised hearings present an irony beyond just the 50-year connection to Nixon. It's that television was the instrument of Trump's political rise. In the end, it turns out to be the instrument of his ignoble demise. Excellent. Nice job, Jerry. <clears throat> Thanks. Very nice. Hey, Jerry. All right. Yep. <clears throat> and Megan, if, one second, and we're going to bring on Luke Tremble, and Megan's going to do that. This, uh, just a, a footnote, that excellent uh, commentary. Britt Hume, you guys know who he is. Sure. He's a Fox oh, yeah. News yeah. guy. <clears throat> and he's kind of semi-retired, but he's their senior analyst, let's say. Yeah. He made a point yesterday after the second hearing, because we're recording this on, what, the 14th of June. So yesterday they had that morning hearing, which was right. the second one. Tomorrow they're going to, Thursday, they're going to have the third one. And uh, Britt Hume made the point that, Republicans, he believes, are, or in his opinion, should quietly be applauding the tearing up of Donald Trump by this committee, because Republicans, in large part, do not want Donald Trump to lead their party, do right. not want Donald Trump to be the nominee in 24. And I think we all would agree he'll win the nomination if he wants it. Because to win the Republican primary, you just have to have a big lot of people. You yeah. don't have to have the masses. You have to get more votes than anybody else. And that the committee is bloodying him up, maybe beyond repair. I watched both hearings. I think, and that's your point, yeah. that this is magnified, right, Jerry? Oh, That's yeah. your point? Yeah. It's getting I really magnified. Think, yeah. Uh, he's damaged goods. I know a lot of people say, oh, you know, you you guys always say that. And look, he's still he's around. Down. No, he's. And, and the one. Indisputable point is when he was president in 2020, he was still president and he had all the power of the presidency, all the power of his political party. 
not challenged at all anymore as he was in 2016. He had all that power and he still lost by over 7 million votes. So if he couldn't win then with everything at his disposal, how is he going to win in 2024 when there are all these other Republicans who want to be the candidate? He'll go through all these, you know, possible indictments in the meantime, but certainly all this legal trouble, all these commercials that are now being produced in these hearings. It's, you know, it's not conceivable that America, who didn't vote for him last time pretty significantly, all of a sudden is going to say, gosh, this is just the guy we need. It's not going to happen. And the best thing for the Democrats would be if he ran, but it'd be the worst thing for the country. And he uh, is not probably damaged goods with the zealot following no. the MAGA people because you can't change their minds. Right. <clears throat> but, but he's damaged in the suburbs, I believe. I, yeah. I, I mean, traditional Republican voters who would vote for Nikki Haley, I believe, yeah. or Governor Mike DeWine or DeSantis, people that I wouldn't want to be president. But, but at least there were, that with the others there won't be the argument that the guy's a crazy guy or the woman's a crazy person. You can't, you know, yeah. they're going to attack America. Right. You know, this is the only guy who ever really attacked our country. Uh, the others, I may not like their politics. They're far too conservative for our politics, but you know, there are legitimate American citizens who care about the country and, you know, not just making themselves rich. My favorite takeaway from yesterday is when they were talking about the election Plus, they were talking about election night and Trump scrambling and everybody's in a bad mood. And they were asking about Giuliani and all of them testified. Oh, he was, oh, yeah, drinking. Man. He was he, wasted. Yeah, <laughs> that was that was, was the one dying. thing. They, yeah, he, they probably picked up a couple of votes with that. Hey, yeah. he's one of us, man. He's one of us. I was dying. There. Oh, yeah, no, he was he was he was hammered. Uh, so. yeah. <laughs> That's great. All right. Well. All right, moving on to the Tales, Tunes, Tales, Tunes, and Tom Fulleries. We're going to move on to our Tunes part tonight with Mr. Luke Trimble. Welcome, Luke. Hey, Luke. How's it going? How's it going? Thanks for having me. Yeah, you're coming to us from Paintsville, Kentucky. Yeah, that's my hometown, but uh, currently living okay. in Lex- Lexington, Kentucky. Livington so. and Lexington. Yeah. Cool. Yeah. All right. Excellent. And uh, how long have you been playing music? As Gene said at the top of our show, you're country based, but also singer songwriter, kind of folky. So how long have you been at the, at the music game, man? Yeah, so I've played guitar um, and wrote songs since I was probably around 16. Um, and I'm 25 now, okay. um, but really kind of going hard at it and you know, getting out on the road and playing and um, recording and things like that probably for at least the past two or three years. So um, Excellent. seems kind of, yeah, kind of be picking up here lately. So it's been it's been good. So have you, do you have albums out already? Or are you just releasing singles? What is your, what is that looking like for you at this point? Yeah. So um, in March of this year, I recorded my first EP. Um, we're still in the process of uh, getting that out. Um, you know, we have all the masters and everything finished, but um, we're shooting around August to release the first single um, and then probably September to, to release the, the rest of the EP. So it's going to be my first cool. one. So yeah, really looking forward to it. That's very exciting. And um, now, are you generally solo? Do you work with other musicians? Like, what is what is that? Um, for yeah, you? right now, right now, generally, uh, generally solo um, at my shows, and sometimes I'll have uh, kind of a duo thing going off, maybe a fiddle or 
um, someone sure. on lead, but um, my EP was recorded with full band. Um, so kind of wanted to get that, that aspect um, of kind of putting my songs into um, a full band. So the EP is going to be um, like that, but basically, um, you know, performing solo uh, kind of right now. Cool. So the song that you're going to play for us tonight is Pike County Queen. So tell us about this song. What is, I'm assuming it's about a Pike County Queen. <laughs> yeah. So um, it's about a girl. I, I wrote it when I was around 18. Um, it's about a girl I used to see back in the day. Um, and she lived in Pogville, Kentucky. Um, I'm not sure if you guys have heard of Pogville, but it's about an hour away. Oh, from yeah. Pa- yeah, I'm sure. It's, But um, it's about an hour away from Paintsville. So I kind of wrote it um, on the drives kind of from from Paintsville to Pogville, you know, the many, many times I did that. Um, but the moral of it's kind of kind of like a saving grace song, I guess, kind of turning, um, you know, a heathen into, you know, um, a better person. So um, I guess that's the moral of it. But, you know, it's kind of you kind of get the gist of, you know, um, someone driving and trying to get to that person or um, um, something like that. But, uh, yeah, I wrote it kind of the drives back and forth from there and um, wrote it for her. So well, that's awesome. So this what is- happened? all of a sudden that's, you're on my show again that's huh the next exactly. song we have a surprise for you come on out <laughs> oh my god one day yeah. you're gonna yeah. stop doing that, that would shake you one day. Yeah. <laughs> that's well I maybe usually... that's the next song jerry maybe that's the next part yeah. of his writing venture so uh, heart, yeah heart, heartbreak songs seem to be a lot easier to write than than love songs at least in my yeah, in, in my, <laughs> my opinion. So, yeah, more experience, huh? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Jerry, Jerry can totally commiserate. With oh that, yeah, so. Ooh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I, I feel your pain. <laughs> exactly. All right. Exactly. Well, here we have uh, Luke Trimble with Pike County Queen. Too damn young to do what I was told I'd run through the hills I'd drink and I'd smoke Nineteen with rambling on my mind Never thought I'd find a lover That slowed down my stride That's way Looking like something I'd seen in my dreams Won't you come my way, my Pike County Queen Twenty-three never looked so lonely at night But I'm ten miles from Lockins Creek Hope make it there by life Times that mommy used to say, Son, you're hell bound for living your life this way. Flying, I'd say, Mom, I'm heaven sent. And thinking angel from down the river would make me an honest man. That's the way. 
that was back then. And told her, you look like something I'd seen in my dreams. Won't you come my way, my pocket? Twenty-three never looked so lonely tonight But I'm ten miles from Lockins Creek Hope I'll make it there by life Black-haired beauty with a wild side There's something I need to tell you Before you head home tonight Look like something I'd seen in my dreams. I'm so glad you're mine, my Pike County Queen. These Kentucky moons never shine so bright on the face of such an angel who changed my life. All right, ladies again, uh, ladies and gentlemen, again, we were just listening to Luke Trumbull with Pike County Queen. Luke, that was fantastic. I love the storytelling in it. And like you said, the driving back and forth. That's what a cool way to come up with the song. I think we all kind of do that in some way, shape when we're going on those drives. <laughs> exactly. I'm not, I'm not promoting texting and driving, but it seems Don't to, text and drive. Mind, just keep it in your brain. It kind of works better when I'm driving, I guess. But officer, I, I'm writing a song. I'm writing a yeah, song. It's, it's not texting, just a song. <laughs> Yeah. Tell us where we can check out some more of your music, where we can find this song, and eventually in August, find um, the album that you may have coming out, hopefully. Yeah, so you can check out most of my stuff on LukeTrimbleMusic.com. Um, my social medias are LukeTrimble11 on Instagram and then on Facebook, Luke Trimble. Um, and then I'll just go by that as well. On uh, When we release everything, it'll be you know on Spotify, Apple Music, all your your streaming services, but kind of stay updated with me. You can check out my website or any of my social media. Excellent. And we certainly encourage our, our listeners and viewers to do that. Again, Luke Trimble, while you're checking him out, make sure you check out our social media as well. Give us a like, send us an email, give us some feedback, um, comment on our page. We'd be happy to interact with you. That is Gene, the senior executive producer's job. Um, he's not honestly doing much else around here, so give him something to do. <laughs> and uh, hopefully, Luke, we can get you back here in the next couple of weeks and we can hear some more from you. And until then, we're going to take you guys out this evening with Casey and one Jerry Springer singing <laughs> down by the riverside. <laughs> hey, Luke, thanks a lot. Thanks, Thank Luke. Thank you, Jerry. Thanks, guys. Well, I'm going to lay down my heavy load down by the riverside. Foolery, recorded live at the Folk School Coffee Parlor in Ludlow, Kentucky. Thanks to Patrick Kennedy for writing our opening song and to you for listening. Check out our website at jerryspringer.com. I'm gonna lay down my sword and shield.